Hello and welcome back to On the Spot Thought. I'm here with uh, Michael Rask. Before we get into our topic today, Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, um, uh, my friends call me Mike or Mikey. No, they don't. Just call me Mike. Um, so I've known Dawson for about since freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, decided to make the trek out here to uh, be on his podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate you making it all the way over here. Uh, what, 10, 15 feet, is it? <laughs> about, yeah. Man. Yeah, that's that's tough, but I'm glad you could find your way over here. You're welcome. <laughs> so the topics I've chosen for today um, is uh, uh, weightlifting, motivation, and interest. Okay. So we're kind of going to be bouncing around from those. Um, I like it. I'm um, starting off with weightlifting. I know you're, you've gotten pretty big into that. Uh, you want to tell us how you've gotten to where you are today and kind of what that looks like? Yeah, no. So it's actually coming up to um, about a year since I really got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, you know, I, I, of course had done it in high school, like every other, um, kid played sports, but, um, sophomore year, I, uh, I like, you know, I still went to the wreck and stuff, but it wasn't really organized at all. Um, and I'd found that like, like, just like my physique, like I had gained weight since coming to college, like having the dining room, all that kind of stuff. And, and I just wasn't really like, I don't know, like focused and like organized in my, um, physical health. And I kind of was, it was just like annoying me. I was just like, like, I know I'm very capable of being physically fit, but like, why am I not physically fit right Mm -hmm. now? And so I, uh, I literally was just like Googling, um, some articles because I didn't really know much on the like nutrition side. I just had known like, um, the different kinds of training we had done, um, back in high school. So I stumbled across an article by, uh, by Legion, mm-hmm. by Mike Matthews, and uh, so I uh, I read it, and it was actually a great article. It taught me a lot, and just in that one article, and I, I still like remember where I was sitting. You know, it's like this big event in my life. You know, I'm sitting down, I find this article. Yeah. I'm in a study room <laughs> in the business building, and then I, you know, my whole life changes. Um, but actually, like it, it really set a course from there to where I, I was like, okay, yeah, I want to figure out like what I'm doing and just like just go for it, and then. I started just progressing with it, and the next thing I knew, I kind of fell in love with it, and it became a hobby. So Yeah, that's awesome. So I know uh, kind of here at the house, we see a lot of those uh, supplements that you have um, going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to give us an idea of what your thought process is for these supplements? Yeah, definitely, for sure. So uh, supplement game is a huge thing where it's like um, advertisers will be like, you know, this will help you do this, this will help you do that. Um <laughs> But the company I went with, they they don't take that approach to supplements. They um, they kind of take the approach of like these things will th- they kind of make things easier, um, make things more convenient. Like having mm-hmm. the protein powder, it makes it more convenient to be able to get the amount of protein you need. It's not that you need the protein powder; it's just that it makes it easier to be able to reach these goals um, because not everybody has time, you know, to cook the exact amount of chicken every single day that they yeah. need. Um, or stuff like the pre-workout it just um, there are certain basically the, it, I get certain nutrients and certain things that just um, that the body needs and they're just the most convenient way to be able to get them yeah and we don't all have the the actor's opportunity to get big you know right <laughs> they exactly. have all those trainers that are like you're eating this today and kind of mm-hmm. uh, we're just normal people that have to <laughs> find better ways to do that right um, yeah so as far as a weightlifting community, what does that look like? 
Um, is it more just whoever you go with you get close with, or do you feel like you make some relationships with just random people you meet at the gym? Yeah, definitely. Um, it depends on the gym environment, but I think there's kind of a general thing of like, there's kind of, there's like general principles of like gym etiquette, um, kind of like with <laughs> yeah. golf courses, yeah. except way less strict. Um, you know, some people take it way too seriously, but yeah. um, it's generally there's like kind of like a general bond or brotherhood among lifters. It just like, you know, you just go and you ask a buddy for a spot or whatever. And um, since everybody's, you know, kind of working, they're working with the same body, they have like the same kind of um, stuff going on, whether it's like injuries or like form related and stuff. So it's just really easy to connect with people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like something random can happen in the gym. You say something to somebody and next thing you know, you know their name and you know like how much they bench. And um, I don't know. It, it, it's just a fun community because it's really easy to get into. Yeah. Um, and it's very... I mean, it's very surface level, but it's like, it's like a good surface yeah. level, you know? Yeah. That's cool. I know there are a lot of people like that aren't really into weightlifting, right? But they kind of want to, they want to work on improving themselves. Um, as kind of an experienced, so to speak, weightlifter, what, how do you feel when you see someone kind of brand new messing around in the gym trying to figure things out kind of what is your thought process when you see them over there right. doing something wrong or just doing something <clears throat> to um, slow things down yeah um everybody wants to get big but nobody wants to lift heavy weight <laughs> yeah. um and so you'll see people who aren't willing to put out that work so they try to find the instagram people who have this newfound technique that really really hits that muscle group you know um but then also you, you see the guys that just trying to figure out and generally, you know, people want to figure things out on their own. They want, don't want to be told how to do things. And mm -hmm. I think that's fine with weightlifting um, because you do have to figure out a lot on your own and it's a lot of trial and error. Um, and that's what I like about it. And so um, I've had a lot of that on my own. So I, I, I actually, I'm kind of, I am, I'm really happy when I see like a younger guy in the gym and I see him trying to figure things out and trying to um, find his way. Um, Especially because if you see that, like, kind of, like, drive and that passion, um, you know they're going to make it. They're, you know they can find a way. Mm -hmm. um, there are res resources out there. Um, there's equipment, you know. Um, so I think really the thing is, like, just judging whether or not they really want to do it or not. Mm -hmm. um, if they really want to do it, you know, I, I'm totally down to, like, uh, talk to them or whatever. Not even give them advice, but, you know, just be um, encouragement to be a bro at the gym. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be the guy that's trying to come up and tell you how to do things. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um, but really just kind of be there with them mm -hmm. through the process. Yeah. So what would you say the advantages and disadvantages of going alone are, and that same question towards going with a lifting partner or two? Um, I think there's a lot of time for thinking at the gym, self-reflection, mm -hmm. meditation, just you in the bar yeah um no but i think going alone especially on like a bad day on a monday you know it it can be kind of refreshing just because you just got your music going that's all you're focused on um and you're just getting to exert physical energy um which is very satisfying um also it can just be like it i, I like trying to use it at the gym it's a study break um so it can kind of let me just ease my mind and uh, take my mind off other things and then come back to them at, and when I'm like refreshed from going to the gym and then taking a shower. So I think that's kind of the benefit of going alone. 
Um, and it allows, it allows you just to be able to focus in on life. Um, going with people, I think you're really able to push yourself. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think, you know, I, I've discovered like I can go on my own for a stretch of time and I feel like really, really good about it. feel very motivated. And after a while, especially being an extrovert and getting my energy from people, I find that I just don't, there, there are some days where I just don't have nearly as much energy, mm-hmm. but if I'm with one or two other guys that are also, you know, trying to just get in there and get better, I know that's the whole, like, it's kind of a meme, you know, like get better today, whatever, you know, yeah. but like still it, it not only is it fun, it just pushes you. Um, and it just feels like you've accomplished more. Yeah. When there's multiple people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So I just kind of wanted to briefly touch on that, but we're going to hop into kind of the main next topic and, um, which is interest. So eh, weightlifting is definitely an interest of yours right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of our interests have changed throughout the years, right? From when we were just little kids and we're just playing on the playground and not really thinking about anything to now in college trying to find clubs and friend groups to be a part of. Um, how would you say your interests have changed over the years? Uh, a lot. I used to think my only interests were sports, but now like I haven't touched a basketball in like five months yeah um i i think my interests have changed a lot just because like you know i'm in your horizons change like yeah like you're talking about all of us coming to college and uh things change and we're getting involved in this place and that place i mean like <laughs> several of us go to a hacky sack club oh, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I, wait, what was the initial question? I, oh, I was I just kind of started. Uh, it was like how your interests have changed over the years. So okay. from like you know elementary school to middle school, high school, college. Um, I, I think my interests have. I would like to say they've matured. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like there were only like a couple things I was really interested in, like middle school, high school, but now like I find it. I'm much more open to things being interesting to me. Yeah. I think, you know, the older you get, the more you realize you don't know. Um, and so the more I don't know, the more I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I'd say they've evolved and just that they've expanded a lot. Yeah. So what what were some of the mo- uh, interests that you had, say, elementary school, and how did those shift to middle school? If we're, like, working our way up. Okay. Okay. Um, sports. Yeah, that one that one was there for a long time. Yeah, so you'll hear that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Man, um, I really liked playing outside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, video games. Yeah, that was another one. There. Yeah. 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 And then w- when I got to middle school, yeah, it was. I don't. There probably really wasn't that much of a change, if I'm honest. Until middle school. Yeah. yeah. It was still those things. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, I think I think elementary school, one of the biggest things that I really enjoyed was Foursquare. Oh, that was yeah. Like, that was, like, the thing that I wanted to do all the time. And all we had was that recess period where you had people doing Foursquare. That was what I, that's what I enjoyed. I, now that you mentioned <laughs> that, that, dude... <laughs> I was so competitive. I, I I craved those times. Like we used to play octopus. Oh yeah, in the church gym, dude. <laughs> oh man, you were not gonna catch me, oh. dude. I was. 
I, I was extremely competitive, and the, oh, I, yeah. I really craved those times where it was um, organized games. Yeah, those were good times. Yeah, I think it. I think it's fun thinking back when you're in like fourth, fifth grade, and they have you playing high schoolers or the adults or whatnot. And when you're in fourth or fifth grade, you're like, we have we have a shot at winning this, guys. <laughs> then you grow up and you're like, do we really have a shot? You're looking at like fourth, fifth graders. You're like. The odds of them winning this are slim to not outright to us. Yeah, but it is—it's interesting to think that we we believed we knew mm-hmm. like, we can do this. Oh yeah, we're gonna win dodgeball against hundred percent these college kids. We could do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> or like any time you play a game with dads, it was just like. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was this dodgeball tournament at our church. It was dads versus sons. Beautiful. <laughs> And the sons were all like, you know, elementary school, um, early middle school or whatnot. <laughs> One of the kids had to like be taken home because <laughs> the dad just pelted him so hard. It was his own dad, but <laughs> they didn't do that anymore. They no longer did the dad son dodgeball. Although everyone mm. had a good time, even though the kids were just getting absolutely smacked. Mm. Um, I actually, I, I have a thought. So yeah, yeah. There, there's one thing that like, um, since I loved basketball so much and that was such like a big passion or interest of mine for a long time. Um, I, I'm not letting my son beat me until he can actually beat me. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Cause there's like, cause it, like, okay. So, you know, like playing board games or playing games like that, like mm-hmm. with your, with your children, like, are you going to let them win sometimes? Like what's your philosophy? Yeah. For me, I don't feel like it's any fun if you just let them win. I don't, I don't, I can't say this for all children, for, but for me growing up, I didn't want my dad to let me win at any of these board games. I wanted to win outright, and there was something about losing every time, but knowing that the next time I could come out and I could win. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that as a, uh, as like a motivation, I really enjoyed that. Um, with I have a younger cousin who's like, he was six a couple of years ago when I was playing with him, but I think he's like eight or nine now. But we were playing Mancala. <laughs> And I could have let him win, but I wasn't going to do that because he, I, I almost already lost <laughs> as is. But it, we were counting up the the I don't know, the half marbles at the end. And I think he was realizing that he was down by a few. Mm. <laughs> and so he started to reach over to grab some of mine, to which case I cut him off. And I was like, no, no, these, these are mine. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I ended up winning by like one. But I think... I think there's just a different level of enjoyment, and it, it teaches them to to keep working at it. Right. I yeah. think yeah. I think it provides like life lessons because yeah, you're gonna fail a lot more times, and that's how you get to the point where you succeed. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I th- I just think there's something special about that kind of like, it's not even like a passing of the mantle kind of thing. It's just like a, it's like a coming of age almost. I mean, I know we're just like talking like basketball or yeah. whatever. But yeah. That's like kind of the way now that like. Uh, men and their sons connect yeah and so it's through stuff like that or whatever it may be you know whether your kid's like a chess geek yeah it could be yeah. that or it could be anything yeah. so and i feel like success is so much sweeter yeah if you actually worked for it mm-hmm. and earned it um, so that's that's kind of what i plan on doing um, and i think if if they grow up in that kind of an environment they're not going to throw temper tantrums for losing a game, you know. Right. It's the it's the kids that have been like given victories all their lives, and mm-hmm. then they play someone who's not just going to let them win, and then they lose, and then they just kind of get a little angry. But yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think it's good to to let them fail, especially in things that aren't crucially important at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can fail at a board game; your life isn't going to go into shambles. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but maybe on more like creative things, you know, don't tell them. Yeah. Like your artwork is bad. You know, that's <laughs> that's a different thing entirely. Like, yes, they, it's not great at the time. But they're putting work into it. They enjoy it. And so that's a different thing entirely. But What if what if your child, guy or girl, is in high school and they really love drawing and they want to go to college for art? Hmm. But you know, it, like their, their art could even be good. Yeah. But you know it's not good enough. Because, like, you know there's, like, just a level it has to be at. Yeah. What, what, do, what do you do? That'd be a tough topic to approach. Um, I feel like I would try to steer her into a major that utilizes art you know like um um, marketing to some extent Um, you can use art in a positive way and get a job through that um i wouldn't entirely shut down her decision um if (laughs) i feel like i'd try to give her options that involve that art but are also like more applicable jobs um that would be my goal Mm -hmm. I can't say I have that question entirely figured out. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't but, know what what parent yeah. actually does. So. What are your thoughts on that? Um, there's, um, me and a few friends have uh, talked a lot about how there's always like there's this like stigma or this thing now where it's like follow your passion, mm-hmm. um, and how like parents saying that to their kids actually isn't good advice oh, necessarily, yeah. mm-hmm. um, especially in the younger years of their life. Right, because it's like. It, it's a long life so if you follow a passion you have now and then like three years later it's not a passion but that's like what you built your career off of so now you can only make fifty thousand dollars instead of a hundred thousand dollars for the next 30 years mm-hmm. you're limited in the other passions and the capacity to which you can pursue them yeah so i it's you know because i i really don't want to be an overbearing parent who'd like thinks he just knows what's the best path for his kid because i really think it's important for people to find their way Mm -hmm. um but also if it's something i to me like that issue it's it's pretty black and white to where it's like you know whether it's a good idea or it's a bad idea Mm -hmm. um and i think i think just brutal honesty is kind of the solution yeah yeah i think it's it's good to express to them the you don't want to shut down the interest that they have, right? So right. if they've grown up and they've really had this interest in something and that's what they want to do, um, definitely encourage that, but maybe encourage it in a more practical way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, encourage it in a way that um, gives them more opportunities in life as opposed to them not... Like uh, my major, for instance, is architectural engineering, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know this major existed <laughs> prior to college. And it just fits exactly what I want to do. And so a lot of times people, especially in high school, you don't know all of the opportunities out there. Definitely. Uh, you know you have an interest, and so you've heard of something that relates to that interest, and you're like, I want to do that. Um, when really there might be another opportunity that you've never even heard of before that more closely matches what you want to do. So, I, I mean, no one knows everything, and there are plenty of opportunities out there. Definitely. Especially even outside of college, you don't have to go to college. <laughs> no, yeah, to have a all. have a great career, you know. Which that's that's becoming more and more common. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which it needs to be because. Yeah. <laughs> kind of grown up and they're just like everyone go to college, which some people aren't meant for college, no. and that's fine. But. Which is causing you know debt issues and. Mm-hmm. It's 
now it's on a macro level, honestly. So it's kind of a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So do you think someone should pursue a career in something that they're not entirely interested in just because that is a better path than the one they are interested in? Ooh. Uh, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's a balance. Always a balance. There's always a balance. Always a balance. <laughs> uh, it's such a meme, but it, I, it's really true. <laughs> it, it is. Um, because creating a sustainable um, form of income for you know your employed life or whatever um, is extremely important, and it leads to a lot of other opportunities outside of the workplace mm -hmm. um, with family, with friends, um, with hobbies. Um, but that being said, the majority of your time, like during the day is spent at work, you know? So obviously if you hate, like if you hate what you have yeah. to do for it, then yeah. obviously I just don't think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, and it really just comes down to kind of what you value because maybe some people, they value their time that they spend during their day, like at their job. Mm -hmm. more than they value what they do outside their job. But there are other people where, like, their hobbies are, like, really what they're into and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, and they're fine just kind of, you know, going in, clocking in, clocking out, you know, whatever. So I think it really kind of comes boils down to, like, what your values are um, or kind of what you value most. Mm -hmm. There's that, you know, the phrase, live to work versus work to live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people are putting everything they want into their job, and then some people are just trudging through their job just to live life outside of work mm -hmm. and obviously as we say there's a balance to everything i feel like you should enjoy your job to some extent right you're going to spend a large portion of your life at your job and um, the ideal situation is if you make your hobby your job uh, yeah. <laughs> but not everyone has the luxury of doing that kim's closet kim's closet <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so i think there are enough jobs out there that you can find something that you would enjoy um, that is sustainable assuming you work towards it yeah and not everyone wants to work for it you know right <laughs> a lot of people just kind of want it handed to them they're like i want to do this can i do this now no you have to have a college degree in this to mm -hmm. do that or you have to have experience in this and then they just kind of give up on it and then find themselves in a crappy situation for the rest of their lives so yeah just a random thought there. So kind of with the motivation side of things. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you are sitting at home or you're wherever and you want to do something, but you just find yourself not having the motivation to do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. At, where do you think that springs from? It's... think it's like an energy level at the time thing it's a i don't really want to do it kind of a thing or i think there are, there there are obviously sev several factors that can play Absolutely. into it but i think at the bottom line it comes down to i don't know i, I almost feel it kind of is like a hill and it's like in order to get over the hill you kind of have to struggle mm -hmm. so like especially i think with a lot of things just getting started on something is kind of where that hill is yeah. And being able to get over that hill is tough. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I think we, we, we are creatures that crave comfort. Um, but at the same time we crave like accomplishing things Mm -hmm. because like, that's like what we do. It's like, we like to be stimulated and we like to, we like to see things completed. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like when you have the kind of levels of comfort that we have and when that is always there, it's always kind of dragging on your mind Mm -hmm. because I think we, we, with the society we have built now with where humanity's at, we, especially in America, we have a lot of everything mm-hmm. and we have the ability to have such comfort. Like no one in history has really known before. And so, um, that's always on our mind, but yet at the same time, we want to strive to move forward and yeah. to continue to succeed. Um, so I think it's just like, it's kind of like a mental battle which is also playing into like wherever you're at physically and emotionally and everything all combined mm-hmm. at once. So it's just, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to like, I, I do that kind of a metaphor maybe is I do swing dancing quite a bit. Yeah. And you know, a lot of guys at the swing dancing party, they want to swing dance, right? They're there. They want to dance with someone, but they don't want to get to that uncomfortable point of asking someone to dance with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely think there's there's a hill there. If they just went and they ask them, sure you're you're moving up a hill there for a bit. But once you get over it, you're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially with just like, I want to pick up the guitar. I want to learn how to play the guitar. And then maybe they'll even go so far as to buy a guitar, and then they'll play it like once or twice, and then they'll realize it's more difficult than they wanted it to be, and they'll kind of give up on it. Mm-hmm. I know one thing for me that especially like um, growing up got to me was like not knowing how to do something Mm -hmm. because I think I think in life there's so much where you're just especially at our age where you're just not going to know what you're going to not you don't know what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. don't know how to like climb the hill yeah but you just have to start climbing Mm -hmm. and you're going to like trip and fall and make a fool of yourself at times and I think you kind of just have to accept it and move through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to try to not do it as much as you can. Yeah, but. I think some people struggle with that. Some people are afraid of messing up or falling over, and kind of hinders their progress up the hill. And so they kind of just, <laughs> to continue with the metaphor, just camp on the hill and right. call it good. You know, um, even though camping on the hill is definitely more uncomfortable than getting over the hill and mm-hmm. camping on the other side. But yeah, um, it is it is a balance. Always a balance. Yep. Always a balance. All things should be. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. I remember kind of tagging off motivation. There are times where I am, I'm at home, and I kind of have time off, right? I don't have homework to do, which is, you know, the most pressing. I have to get that done. So I don't have anything that I have to get done. um, And it's my rest time. But I also don't want to waste my time watching TV or video games and... (laughs) So I want to do something. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I don't want to like leave the house because I'm tired. And I find myself in this weird like boredom funk <laughs> where I have things I can do, right? I could watch TV. I could play video games. I could read a book. But I don't want to do that. I want to do something that seems more productive. And then I end up just walking around the house. 
and not really doing anything for like a solid 30 minutes just because I yeah. can't figure out what I want to do. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that to a uh, similar I, extent. I do. It's, it's slightly different. It's more mm-hmm. like I'm debating in my mind of whether I should try to press on and do more work or if I should just take some time and relax and try to pick it up later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's tough to figure out where that cutoff point is because there is a point you reach where you're not being productive. Right. And you have to take a rest in order to continue to be productive. Um, I, I read something somewhere at some time. This is the most official shout-out I can get to whatever quote this is, but <laughs> it was like, you need mental breaks whether that is just staring out a window every so often to kind of get your mind off the task that you're doing Um, because you can't focus with full intensity for you know eight hours straight without Mm -hmm. walking away from it for a second or two Mm -hmm. yeah i i think i think that's true and it, it bugs me because like i know with like work um when you're just like working at somewhere, you know, you can just like do that for like eight hours or something like mm-hmm. that. But that's because it's not like, you know, all just staring at the same problem and just doing that yeah. again and again and again. It's you're most likely doing, at least for us, like the jobs we've had, you know, we we're doing something physical for a while um, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And it's not all just like mental or educationally based. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the, what I'm trying to do right now to approach things is um, be diligent to find a way to be working ahead and gaining understanding in my different classes, like during times, days, uh, weeks where I'm like not as busy mm-hmm. because then that'll make, so I, I'm I'm essentially trying to space out the work so that I don't feel so pressured to take a men like that I can't take a mental break, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise I'm just not going to be effective because like, I don't, I'm sure you found this out too, that like when you do at times you like debate for a while and then you just try to push ahead and it's just like, next thing you know, it's been two hours and you barely made any progress. Would have been better to just walk away for 30 minutes to an hour and come back. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's tough. (laughs) I, it, it, it really bugs me because like I, it makes me feel like I'm being, um, not not flaky, but like feels like I'm not accomplishing as much as I should mm-hmm. because it's like I have this work before me that I can do, but I'm not getting it all done. So just or not you know excelling as much as I could. Yeah. Um. But really, it's it's a lot more complicated than that because mm-hmm. it's so so mentally based and it's like trying to learn, um, trying to dive deep into a certain subject. That's really what it is too. Yeah. It's like because um. I think you could be, you know, bouncing back and forth, learning different things for a long time, uh, like in one sitting, mm-hmm. but trying to zone in on one thing so, so hard, so deep trying to like, like for me, if I'm like, if I'm like reading about, I don't know, like bonds for like mm-hmm. three hours straight. Yeah. Or, or a better example is like when I'm studying accounting, like mm-hmm. if I'm studying accounting for three hours straight, I'm not going to be able to do it for another three hours after that should hope not <laughs> if i was mowing a yard for three hours yeah i could go mow another yard for three yeah, hours I and mean, push through yeah it's more physical work versus mental work right you know? yeah so i'm kind of going to bounce to a random kind of a thing go that i had had um is 
I, I had a thought a while back, and I maybe heard it from someone, but um, was that the wealthiest people didn't make it there without taking any risks, you know? So I guess the question I have for you is, what level of risk would you take with your own money for it to Oof. be a risk that you'd be willing to take? Because some of those wealthy people took some big risks that I, I don't think a lot of us would take in our lives. But also, if you don't take any risks in life, I mean, you can live a pretty pretty all right life. You can get lucky, but most of us will probably stay pretty stagnant as far as um, we're, we're talking on a monetary level. Yeah, so I'm generally more of a conservative person. Um, but... I mean, my whole industry of finance is based upon calculated risk. Uh -huh. um, I, I would like to, you know, I, I would like to be able to make um, make my way without having to involve a ton of risk. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, <laughs> I'm kind of in the mindset, you might as well go for it. Mm -hmm. So if it comes to a point where it's like, I have option A and option B. Option A, there's, you know, like, there's there's like a little bit of risk, but it's pretty satisfactory that there will be like steady growth. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna, you know, you you'll do okay. Yeah. Or option B, where there's significantly more risk, but also the potential for high returns. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Man. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of. I'd go with option B. Yeah. Because I I, I kind of want to, one of the ways I'm trying to um, grow as a person is be willing to step out more mm -hmm. and take risks because I think, you know, that is how, how things are done, you know, because nobody would have gotten anywhere if somebody didn't do it first. Yeah. Nobody would have gotten successful if they didn't, you know, lay it on the line at some point or another. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you know. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'd be willing to take risks. Yeah. And some of those risks aren't even just strictly financial, you know. Right. There's the there's social risks, whether that be moving to a new location for um, living or just reaching out to someone who, especially in like the middle school, high school, where everything's kind of like cultish, yeah. set up. Um, reaching out to a specific person could be a risk because you could be slightly excluded from the previous group you're coming 100%. from. 100%. I think social risk is like, the fastest growing risk department there is <laughs> yeah. like everything like I, especially like with social media and with how connected and communication and everything it's just like there's so much like pressure put on like social environments that it's just like so risky to be to like be seen like oh, your yeah. image is huge yeah um and people are so like we have everything so figured out and people are so bored that like what they do is just talk about like people and like what they do and yeah. stuff so it's risky you know if yeah. you do something noteworthy it's either going to backfire or it's going to like people are going to be like oh wow look at him yeah so in a lot of cases <laughs> you get both yeah no <laughs> you know, yeah you get some people are like i love what this guy did and then you'll always have someone who's like this is a terrible thing why would you do that right so i think yeah especially the way with in which society has made this kind of um, caused the social atmosphere to be makes it difficult for people to become secure with themselves definitely because people are always judging each other definitely both on a physical emotional just everything level right so i think that that's one of the many aspects that affect 
the youth today and even adults, you know, mm-hmm. um, all around. But I think I think it's kind of a kind of a job, a, a task for those more secure of themselves to kind of reach out to some of those people that um, are having a struggle. And it's not easy, especially right. in high school. You know, you're in a comfortable group of people, and maybe there's that awkward guy, awkward girl over at another table that isn't talking to anyone and you don't know if you can have a conversation with them you don't even know what to talk about the whole it's not even that they're getting bullied they just haven't been accepted into a group right so it's yeah it it's really terrible i hate it um because i think you know everybody has their strengths and then there are just certain environments where some people for whatever reason it is it's just they kind of have a seat at a table or at the table and they're in a comfortable position um and they're just a normal person, but you know, they see that person that you're talking about. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not really what they want to do, but at the same time, you know, it's just like you feel this responsibility as a human being, mm-hmm. um, to be the person that reaches out to them because you know, you have the ability to. Yeah. Um, and I think you should. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you have the resources <laughs> or the ability to to give to do something it's it's best if you can do that i right i went to the the naming ceremony for the college of engineering um the guy um, carl r ice was the guy that um, they named the college after just because he was a, he was very generous to the college and very involved with k-state engineering and um, one of the things he said is we've just been so blessed to have the resources to give and mm. to donate and we decided that since we have these resources we should help out others with them and he said oftentimes in doing that we will receive generosity in return mm-hmm. in one way or another mm-hmm. and while that shouldn't be the motivation and that's not always going to be the case sometimes you're not going to receive anything right but even with that social situation um, when you're just reaching out to someone you could gain a friend you know gain a connection and even if you don't see anything specific that person will gain a whole lot from that right i think it's like so you know being a business guy i like to think of myself like that i think in a businessman mindset mm-hmm. and it's like in that situation you know you don't necessarily see a benefit for yourself but you know that's like that's like who you are mm-hmm. so it's just what you do mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like i'm just gonna do it like there may be a return there may not be a return yeah it doesn't matter yeah um yeah yeah if there is a return awesome if there's not it doesn't matter you know you, you know you did what you're more you stuck to your uh moral standing yeah and you did what was right and so you know if anything you're still going to get the return of just knowing you did what you were supposed to yeah so in some ways there's that um moral affirmation Mm -hmm. at the very least but i think i think that's interesting moral affirmation you know that in some ways it's kind of a self-motivator to do something that you wouldn't actually get a return out of Mm -hmm. kind of a built-in um if you do this, you will have a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is kind of interesting. It's interesting how that works. <laughs> there could be some issues there. But, uh, <laughs> there could be some issues there if you seek that. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing in and of itself, but everything in excess is bad. Yeah. Or just about everything in excess is bad. Not money, though, right? Not. <laughs> no. Of course not, Mike. <laughs> no problems for those that have an excess of money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, it's it can be tough to manage. And I feel like sometimes people are in a situation where they've just been given an excess 
or excess has fallen upon them. Maybe just the way they've acted have caused them mm -hmm. an excess. Maybe that's an excess of praise from others um, for a specific action they have. I think it's harder to um, kind of stick to who you are if other people are constantly praising you for one thing and you feel like you should identify with that. Or um, on the con on the opposite side of that, if people are constantly putting you down for something. Yeah. Um, and you find yourself like, oh, I guess I guess that's me, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting because like, um, I read a book, um, Everyday Millionaire, on uh, it's a, basically a big statistical study about millionaires and how they got there in America. Mm -hmm. So there are 11 million millionaires in America, mm -hmm. and only three percent of them received like their millionaire status from their like directly got millions from their yeah. parents or from somebody. And then it's like 11% got, you know, however many hundred thousand. But mm -hmm. the overwhelming majority of people is people who just got there on their own. Mm -hmm. I just think that's interesting. I think I think that just displays an interesting kind of um, understanding and look at life and how people really achieve success. Yeah. And I don't think... And you don't have to be a millionaire to be successful. You know? Right, of course not. That's just one of the ways that they have... That maybe they weren't even seeking that, but in what they sought, they became millionaires. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it's, I think it is cool to see the variety of ways that people get there and the variety of ways that people um, seek success. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of volunteer work out there that some people get involved in and... Um, they can find good success in that and some have found more su success than others and um, in some ways success is slightly subjective very <laughs> yeah it's even relative maybe yeah it's um uh, the only objective success i can see is monetary <laughs> or maybe maybe you know um I don't know, saving an endangered species could be objectively successful. But, but what if it's a spider, though? Yeah, ah, yeah see, then it becomes so subjective still objectively again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's objectively successful. <laughs> Make a fair point, Mike. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is interesting. But I think one of the things that you're going to find with every success story is there was um, motivation behind it. Yeah. 100%. You're not going to get there on your own without being motivated. Yeah. <laughs> At least I can't imagine you would. I mean, like, that's why, like, some of the most successful people are, like, the ones that are, like, so motivational. Oh, yeah. You know, like, because, mm -hmm. like, I watched a lot of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger videos and, like, uh, watched some of the stuff The Rock does and, you know, some other, a couple other, like, bodybuilder guys. Yeah. Because it's, like, they had to work so hard and they had to, like, just... They had they had to come they came from somewhere that wasn't like meant for success and the way they got there was through like their motivation and through their hard work. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like super inspirational. Yeah. It's like while your background does have an influence on how you grow up, if you're willing to work hard enough, um, in most cases you can work your way out of there. Right. Um like I I think it just takes a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck. And I think, you know, if you mm -hmm. just keep grinding it out at some point you're gonna get that little bit of luck yeah it's not easy to continually grind though no it is not <laughs> that's the that's the issue and some people you know you grind for years and years and years and you reach that point where you're like nothing is gonna happen mm -hmm. why am i even trying i mean i feel like that's um, 
that's something that can be tough for people oh yeah 100 you never know when that opportunity is going to come and you might just never end up making it but um, and sometimes you need someone who has the ability to reach out to reach out exactly so there's it's kind of a meet me in the middle kind of a thing it really is you can reach out and you can help someone all you want, but if they're not going to work, they're going to fall right back to where they are. Right. And I, you know, it kind of brings full circle to what we were talking about. It's like, they're the people who have made it and they have the ability to bring up other people with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they made it there because they were that kid at the lunch table someday, theoretically speaking. Yeah. And the person who was at the table reached out to them and said, hi, you know, yeah, and brought them up. And so I, I think, you know, that's another reason why you do that. Yeah. Is because somebody did it for you, so you do it for another person. Yeah. And I, I think there's kind of a, there's a duty there, you know? Right. It's like, I I didn't get here on my own. I shouldn't expect you to. Mm-hmm. And you can't help everyone. Right. But you can help someone. And I, th- I, I think that's just cool, you know? Yeah. No, that is cool. And you don't have to be a millionaire to help someone else out. You nope. Know? Even here in college. Yeah. <laughs> if that's just reaching out to them maybe studying with them or um, helping them out or allowing them to help you out (laughs) just reaching out and that community is that community is important definitely 100 percent, i agree yeah awesome i think that's a kind of a good stopping point here um kind of at the end i wanted to give you time for any last thoughts if you had any last thoughts um yeah sure so um when it comes so I think, you know, I want to tie in that weightlifting with my motivation. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where um, I think recently over this last year that I've gotten into weightlifting, that's where I try to, that's where I fuel my motivation mm-hmm. um, is through that. And I think, I think it's important, you know, not, it's not for everybody. I think, I think it's just important to like, to be actively seeking ways in which to motivate yourself mm-hmm. and to drive yourself to succeed, whatever that means. It doesn't look, it doesn't have to look like physically like beating yourself up or whatever. I just think, um, I think it's important to find some, yeah, find something to be passionate about. Yeah. And I think it's important to go find more things to be passionate about. Absolutely. So yeah. go, go find your passion. Go find your passion. Awesome. Love that. Um, also, uh, give you some time for some shout outs. If you have any shout outs, shout out Kim's closet. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, shout out, uh, if you're looking for a supplement company or a place to find research for weightlifting, I highly recommend Legion Athletics and Mike Matthews. Um, that's where I found a lot of my stuff. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good talking to you. Yeah. Just, it was a good, that was a good talk. It was a good time. It was yeah. a good talk. Um, we'll see y'all later. Have a great day and a great rest of your week.